Welcome back to Don't Call It A Book Club. My name is Luke. Arr, the name's Dan. <laughs> we're, we're continuing to read Bone Ships today. Um, we're, we're about two-thirds of the way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we stopped at chapter 29. Correct. Um, but it's it's been a while since we've had a warm-up, Dan. Okay. Okay. And, and I have one that's actually a little bit of a holiday callback. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, since we didn't have, since we didn't have recordings or, or obviously warm up warm ups over the holidays, I got to talk Christmas movies with you. Um, okay. so if you're sick of Christmas movies, this might not be the warm up for you. Let's go but, for it, Luke. Let's go for it. So, okay. You know how there's like, only a few Christmas movies that what are actually watched. Oh, okay. Like yeah. there's there's billions. <laughs> yeah, of there's Christmas so many, movies. dude. <laughs> but there's like four that are good. Yeah, yeah. So actually, actually, let me let me start here. Do you watch? Do you like watching a Christmas movie to get in the in the <sighs> holiday I'll, cheer? I'll say usually not really. I I haven't traditionally been a big big Christmas movie guy. Like I'm familiar with the zeitgeist. I'm familiar with the okay the the sphere of Christmas movies. Okay, but okay. So you so you're you're familiar at least even if you're not not participating as much as others. I like a Christmas movie. Uh, you know, one or two maybe Christmas Eve, Christmas mm. Eve, Eve even. And so like occasionally I'll branch out and try one. Okay. That's like not one of the main four. Mm. And which which are the main four, by the way? Uh, okay, I threw out four as a random number, but um, the main the main ones are Home Alone. Okay, sure. Yeah. Elf. Of course. Yeah. A Christmas Story. Uh huh. And I haven't seen it in a while because it's an older movie. But um, ah, what's the older one like? What's his name goes to Washington or something? Is that one of them? No. Are you talking about Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street about Santa Claus? No. Or there's the one that's no, It's a Wonderful Life. One. It's a Wonderful Life. That's the one I'm thinking okay. of. That's the one I'm thinking. Of. Yeah, I mean, I will I say, actors, I will say of your list, of your list, Luke. We've got no Grinch in there. We've got none of the hmm. like classic puppet ones with like Rudolph and stuff. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I should have added Grinch, but I haven't seen Grinch in a while. Um. Anyway. And so, okay, the one that I always watch because I, I like try one, try try one of the new ones. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they're always terrible. Uh-huh. And I'm like, screw this. I'm watching Elf. Okay. Okay. Back to Elf. Because you have to watch Elf. And every time <laughs> I I when I wrote this note down, I was like, there's a decent chance I did this last year. Elf, so good. Oh, really? Huh. It's so good. Elf holds up. I'm coming out and Luke. I'm saying it. Feel free. Sound off in the comments if you disagree. Mm. Every year, I'm shocked at how much I love the movie Elf. It never disappoints. <laughs> when that big, bad Will Ferrell elf screams Santa in the middle of that department store, it gets Luke every time. When they start singing at the end to spread, Chris- to spread Christmas cheer, I'm ready to join in. Oh, That's all I'm saying. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. There's nothing that gets me in the Christmas spirit like the ending of Elf. This is really interesting, Luke, because this this holiday season, 
I had a discussion with a few folks, and I don't remember if we had a discussion about this. It sounds like not, if we're talking about Elf now. Is there a new Elf? Like, do you know how Elf was like for our generation? Like, it came out when we were young at like mm-hmm. Christmas time, mm-hmm. and now it's just like, it's still watched. It's like a classic now. Right. Do like the younger generation, do people like five, six years younger than us, do they have an elf? Because I don't think so. I don't. I think elf is still the one to beat among the like 21st century movies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, does, is, I, does Frozen count? Is that a Christmas movie? See, no, I right? don't think Frozen counts because there's no Santa Claus anywhere in that. Okay. Okay. And people have thrown so out the like Polar Express as a contender, and I think that is a no. horrific film. It's Uncanny Valley stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, Harry Potter movies are often considered Christmas movies. And I'm kind of here for it, even though they're not really Christmas movies. <laughs> I actually am also here for it. And I think the reason why is because <laughs> ABC Family every year at Christmas would host a Harry Potter movie marathon. And so it's just like on tv at the time it's funny because i'm always i'll see that on the on the streaming services they'll be like watch a christmas movie and it's always like you know the ones and then there's the harry potter movies yeah and i was like yes that is a christmas movie and then i watch it and i was like there was like a scene during christmas in this movie yeah but i don't know why i consider it a christmas movie. well and santa claus is genuinely all the movies except i guess after the sixth one he stops being in the movies because they kill him Spoilers on, on Santa. Oops, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and his son, That's young good Santa. Good point. That's right. With the you know the young Santa who lives out in the hut and like raises the animals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But old Santa, old Santa beefs it in the sixth uh, movie, I think. Old wise Santa mm-hmm. versus funny, fun Uncle Santa. Mm-hmm. You mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh the other the other thing that gets thrown into this discussion every year is Die Hard and honestly I'm sick of asking the question if Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not. Like I don't care at this point. Watch it whenever you want. Yeah. yeah, I think it's fun but like we don't need to categorize this in a way that makes people argue. Just just watch Die Hard if you want. I don't care. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Um that's right. Luke This year, I actually did watch several Christmas movies. Oh, okay. Um, And so one of the Christmas movies I watched, uh, called The Holiday Affair, old Christmas movie. I'll say somewhat problematic, like most things that were made in like the 50s and 60s were, but kind of a fun (laughs) movie. The other movie, which was recommended from like Netflix or one of the streaming services to me at Christmas, me and the fam, when I was home for Christmas, called Family Switch. Okay, and this is like, this was advertised as like a Christmas movie. And to be fair, it does take place like around Christmas time, but that's not really like a major plot point. Um, We got Jennifer Gardner, Ed Helms are like headlining the film they're bringing it together um terrible movie luke (laughs) it was and because here's the thing 
Netflix was like, you'll love this Christmas movie, everybody. This is perfect to watch around the holidays. Not even a Christmas movie, barely a Christmas movie, and just like a garbage film. Just so bad. Uh, <laughs> nothing could redeem this movie at all. Uh, it was like Freaky Friday, but if, if instead of just the mom and the daughter switching, the mom and the daughter switched, and the dad and the son switched... And, I'm not joking, the baby and the dog switched. Okay. which it's a, it's a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot of switching, and we don't get anything for it, really. It's a waste of our time. It's a waste of all of our time. Netflix, stop telling me to watch this at Christmas. It's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> That's good to know. I, I, I think the like, main... I don't know. The main thing that I'm just shocked by is how bad... 95% of Christmas movies are. Uh, yeah. And like maybe this shouldn't be a surprise because like that's probably true of movies in general. I I don't, I don't think so though, Luke. I don't think so. <laughs> Cuz here's the thing I think that Christmas movies suffer from. It is the fact that a Christmas movie a Christmas movie has like a built-in audience, right? Right. It's like, hey, let's find a new Christmas movie this year. And so, like, of the thousands of people, maybe even millions of people that are trying to find a Christmas movie to watch, your movie's going to get watched a couple of times mm -hmm. in the mix. It doesn't matter if it's good, because people are going to put it on and be like, hmm, maybe this is our new Christmas tradition. Right. But, ah, oh, no. Nobody's watching the third Grinch remake, guys. Stop remaking Grinch. <laughs> I know, I know. Stop putting a rom-com in there where someone goes to a rural town and finds the true meaning of family or something. Luke, this is just I don't the, want to see that. This is just the Hallmark anymore. Christmas prop like <laughs> like strategy that happens every year. I know. They make so know. many and they make new ones every year, Luke. I learned this this year. They make new Christmas movies every year. There's hundreds of them in their back catalog. Hundreds and they keep making more. It's like, just put them on repeat, guys. <laughs> There's not demand for these. That's right. But they have them all. People are perfectly fine, like me, when they find a good Christmas movie to watch it over and over again. Uh, you know how many times I've seen Elf? <laughs> I think the other issue with that, too, though, Luke, now that I think about it, there is no, like, return on investment if, if it becomes a holiday tradition, right? Like, they're not making Elf, too. They're not cashing in on Elf anymore. So you're just watching the same DVD every year. They're not like, oh, yeah, this year. Well, this year, Elf's making a bunch I, of money. I think, okay, that's true in the year 2000 when people owned DVDs. Yeah. So Are you saying you now bought it? Like, Are you saying you paid to watch Elf this year? I think it's on a, it's on a streaming service. Okay, yeah. Yeah, sure. But, like, just buy the DVD, uh, Luke. You're going to watch it every year anyway. It's, it's a good, it's a valid point. I don't disagree. It's a valid point. Okay. All right. Um, but okay. Um, okay. Let's let's leave Christmas behind. Um, can't wait for next year. Mm. <laughs> but let's get back. Let's get back to our very unchristmassy book. Oh. Uh, which is the Bone Ships. I haven't seen a single elf. Which we have read. Which <laughs> so few elves so far. Um, so we've stopped at chapter twenty nine. Mm hmm. Um, and so, okay. 
end this section. Actually, I, I'm kind of trying to remember of where we end off here. So we kind of end off, we're still... I'm trying to remember where we start this section from. It's like right before we leave town. Yeah, and I think... Did they already do the sacrifice in the last section? I think that's in this one. Okay. Okay, yeah. So they're like finishing their prep. The sacrifice of the children happens. They grab that boy. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Hey boy, you're with us now." They grab the boy. And yep. and then we hit we hit hit the road. Yes. Um actually be, before we hit the road. Yeah. Um they go and do this little negotiation situation. Oh yeah. Um, with our with our friend in his bar, and uh, Joron. Yep. Proposes a fight to oh, get yeah. to get our to get our bird. Yeah. Right. And like, in the stupidest thing ever, he's like, "No, I'll fight." Like, obviously, it wouldn't be to the death, right? Is this your first day? Honestly, Luke, sort of, right? <laughs> right? I mean, like, come on. Obviously, it's to the death. Dude was a fisherman. Dude was a fisherman until being somehow thrust into this position. Into what, Dan? The, a death ship. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, given the general vibes of this whole world, of course, it's to the death, guys. Everything is to the death here. Everything is death. We're loving death. Everybody wants to go into the sea. Um, so that's point number one. Okay, yeah. Now, the next point is that he beats uh, his... Uh, he wins the fight. Yeah. And the woman that he fights against shows up later and is like, I am now, like, your protector. Uh-huh. For, for life? Yeah. I think. Yeah. And it just like... So that part is obviously weird. I mean, I know they mention it as kind of a cultural thing from the island that she is from. Yeah, Lucky Mies kinds of expo- kind of explains it, yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, I feel like overall this book the like levels of authority are a little bit strange so there's there's this and then like i like i couldn't quite understand the levels of authority among the like different groups so there's the like kept yep obviously that have some kind of hierarchy and then there's also the last newcomer on board the ship and i know i'm jumping around a little bit here but there's a guy that works for i forget his name but he works for the guy that sets up this whole mission right the kept who's allied with lucky me's and so yes and so he gets like ordered to join the group and it's like a death sentence yeah and like i how are people able to just, like, order people around like this? Do you know what I mean? Like, Joron has this person doing whatever he wants for nothing. So mm-hmm. does Lucky Mies. Mm-hmm. So this guy now has to, like, accept a life sentence and essentially prison just because his boss wants him to do stuff. Mm. 
it's just like the level people in higher levels of authority have seem to have a little bit too much of power over others i think luke what you don't understand is they've perfected the pizza party they've perfected the office pizza party at this point (laughs) i see so now it's legally binding you take a slice and they've got you for life Mm. um okay i i totally agree with you here that i i don't understand how people are able to flex their authority in such profound ways like I, there is a little bit of centralized government here, but there's also just so many islands that are out and about, like scattered around. Just go to one of those. If somebody tells you to do something you don't want to do, just book it. Be like, no, I'm I'm gone. <laughs> right. Um, and I'm, I, I mean, I'll, the only other option I can think of is that just everything outside of this city is so bad that people wouldn't even want to live there if the alternative was death Mm -hmm. does that make sense like they would not set foot on one of these other islands because like just kill me just kill me it's sweaty there's no big rocks i see what you mean i was actually kind of coming to this conclusion as well which is like Obviously, everybody, like, being someone that is uh, on a ship is, mm-hmm. like, an honored position, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, like, kind of in a similar vein to what you're saying, I, f- I wonder if being on a black ship is even so much better than being on land. Like, as we mentioned in the last episode, being on a, on a black ship is, like, still pretty good, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though it's a death sentence. Um, I wonder how many people are just like, you know what? I, you know what, Joron? Yeah, I'll follow you around. I'll be your protector. As long as I can hang out on the ship. That sounds great. <laughs> I'll be a little sailing boy. Okay, interesting. I I do like this, that that everybody's pretending like it's a really bad thing, but they have to pretend like that or else everybody will try and get on. And they're like, no, no, no. We got to maintain the facade that this is a bad thing. Right. Right. Um, this is really good. The thing, Luke, I want to go back to Joron's situation, though, and his protector. Mm-hmm. That feels so not good to me when Joron's like, no, I don't want somebody following me around. Like, you're free. Go do your own thing. I don't want that responsibility. And Lucky Mies is like, oh, she is going to kill herself if you don't let her hang out with you. (laughs) No, I'm not accepting this. This is not a choice that you're making me make. Right. Yeah. Like, that's not on me for if I still say no. Like, (laughs) I get to still say no. You can't hold me hostage like that. (laughs) Right, because also, like, I obviously they're going on to the boat mm-hmm. in which, like, she's earning a wage, like, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. But, like, if that's not the case, is does Jorvan have to, like, feed her? <laughs> oh, no. Because, like, she's, her, her, essentially, like, she's following him around the whole time protecting him. Yeah. And so, like, she can't get a second job, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> See, Luke, she actually gets half of his food, is the thing. (laughs) 
That's the deal. It's tough. You got to be able to say no. You're right. It's too... Uh, it's not right, guys. You can't, you can't make this part of your cultural tradition. It's not fair to everyone else. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I feel like this, must, this island that, that has this cultural tradition must be terrible. Yeah, I I also like if if somebody else saves your life, are you now indebted to them? Is that like what? Hey, I'm aware of the cultural traditions of this island and I'd like a bunch of slaves to do whatever I want. Let me go and just fake a situation where I'm putting them in danger and then letting them go. Like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we're getting taken advantage of so much, guys. Yes. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's what happened with, with her original, who she was originally with. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, when, and why she's so ready to switch over to our boy. Who, who, to be clear, wins the fight because she has to wear his shoes and, like, falls immediately. Yeah. <laughs> the whole fight to me. Sorry, we need to go back a little bit further. Lucky Mies just lets this happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a very funny, we named the monkey Jack kind of moment. Like, I appreciated that. Um, but you can't, you can't let him do this for a bird. <laughs> You've already stood up for him a few times uh, of like, hey, look, you are valuable to me. Like, I think this will be really good for us to have you as my debt keeper. Um, you know, we're... We're working together, you and I, Joron. And then he's like, oh, I'll fight for a bird. And Lucky Mies is like, well, you know, he did sign up for it. (laughs) Yeah, but Dan, you're forgetting about the morale boost? (laughs) Would they have made the bird the deck keeper in the event of Joron's death? (laughs) Um, I'm going to say yes. Okay. That sounds sounds great. Black Oris, deck keeper in another universe. That's right. Pretty good at it too. Um, <laughs> actually, it's similarly, like this is more about the like being a captain than it is about being a deck keeper. Yeah. I, for one thing, it seems like being a captain is really easy. Hmm. Okay. Um, and I feel like. 90% of the job, we can fudge those numbers a little bit, but a lot of the job is just like keeping morale high. Preventing mutiny, yeah. Yeah, it's just like making people buddies. Uh-huh. Like, obviously, obviously, bottom level is is preventing mutiny, but mostly it's just like building confidence. <laughs> the speeches, uh, the speeches that Lucky Mies is given. Speeches. Beaches, building team cohesion. That's like all, that's most of it. Cause like the orders, right? She just like tells, uh, tells Joron what to do. Yeah. And then like Joron as a middle manager tells other people things to do. Yeah. And so like I get that being the decision, the big decision maker is, is tough. Um, but I don't know. It seems, it seems easy. Just literally. Most of what I'm doing is making people happy. It's a little, a little bit of I can't hear you. 
That's right. A little bit of what? <laughs> Save for the people in the back. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's very vibes based. I will. I I don't disagree with you there. Uh, but I, I do think in this particular instance, Lucky Me's had to do a lot herself to start off with. Now she is building up those people to just do whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, she's building this company from the ground up. She's not getting hired as the CEO of some big firm where she's just got to point her finger and say, like, pick that one, not that one. Uh but now, you know, she has to she has to build this gra- company from the ground up. I think she's doing a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that's true, but I, I still think that most of it is just building morale. <laughs> yeah. Which she's doing a great job, though. She's doing a great job. You know? It's a people it's a people's person business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If that's if that's how you say that. That sounds about right to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's about finding the right people to go in the positions. Mm. Totally. Hire all the best people. Mm. That's key. That's the leader of a... <laughs> of any kind of organization. Of large groups of people. Yeah. 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 Anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, I... I don't know how to I don't know how to talk about this too much, but we bring aboard um I think his name is like Muffaz, mm-hmm. who is the the big boy that's now in charge of like security. Yeah. I think is basically his role. Yeah. And his deal is that he killed his wife. Uh-huh. And he's really sad about it. Because he did it when he was drunk and he's never been violent when he's drunk before. So he's like, I don't know what happened. Yeah. Um, I do think later on, after I wrote this note, people like the, the book like criticizes him a little bit more for this. But like at the beginning when we're introduced to him, <laughs> it's kind of like, oh yeah, but he was drunk and he had never done this before. And like, again, I think it gets it resolved a little bit better later on. But like, that's not fine. <laughs> you know? Like most people, yeah, almost all in fact, are not violent when they're drunk. Uh-huh. And like it only takes it only takes once. I mm. realize that he is getting punished and in theory has a has a death penalty yeah, yeah. assigned to him. But like when Lucky Mees is choosing her group, she's like, Oh yeah, but he's a big boy and like clearly he didn't mean it. Clearly he feels bad. I don't know. I don't know. Luke, I think this is tied into one of my other notes. That is just about how bad this world would be to live in. And I feel mm-hmm. like at the level of bad that this just like existence is, bad stuff like doesn't look as bad in comparison. Do you know what I mean? Like when we're comparing mm. a dude who murdered his wife while drunk and was only violent one time, when we're comparing that to like, oh yeah, but our society like murders all the firstborn children that are born. 
and like is totally fine with a lot of political murder of like men who aren't smart enough and like also steals kids of other people and murders them if we can get our hands on them and also it's just like we're all dying all the time a lot of people are born with disfigurement um it just i think maybe the bar is really low and if you've only killed if you've only murdered one wife while drunk it's not quite as bad do you know what i mean i see what you're saying yes um because like as you walk the streets of this town yeah it's like this person has murdered so many firstborn children (laughs) yeah yeah like obviously they don't see it that way but still and then like this guy who is the one of the one of the more important kept just like kills any boy he sees yeah he's a boy killer he's threatened by he's like that boy might be hotter than me time to (laughs) yeah exactly i see um yeah, it's a valid point for sure. Uh, it's not looking great out there, Ben. No, I feel like if everything is kind of a big bummer all the time, you can only get so bummed out about stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's only mm-hmm. so much depth to how just sad you can be about the general state of things. And if it's already really low, adding onto the pile like, oh yeah, you murdered your wife once. Ah, it happens. Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we don't hear the stories of everyone else, really. No, no. Um, yeah. So it's rough. It's rough out there. It's rough out there. I will say, yeah. He was sad. <laughs> what we're saying, he was sad about it. He was. <laughs> and that's good. That's That's pretty good. I mean... If you murdered someone and are a little bit sad about it, you're probably like top 10%. That's what Lucky Mies was picking up on. was just like, he seems bummed about the fact that he murdered his wife. Oh, all right. <laughs> Get him in here. <laughs> okay. Okay. I do want to talk about our weird little bird friends. Ah, uh, Okay. How are we saying this? The Guillames? 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 Sure, that sounds good. Yeah. I've definitely been saying doing it with a Y sound. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So the the one that is on this ship mm-hmm. is, like, super powerful. Mm-hmm. And I, I do understand why people in general might have some kind of aversion to them mm-hmm. because... They're weird and seemingly like every everything that's not human in this world is trying to kill you and they're right. not human and they smell kind of funny. Yeah. Um, and so I, I get that. Now, Joran gets assigned to befriend uh, the, the one that's on our boat. Mm-hmm. And he goes down there and like they have a very short chat. Yeah. But it's like it's it's pretty interesting, right? Because like Joran gives him some little treats. Uh, he like breaks up the comb to look like a comb from his, uh, I don't know, some relation. Yeah. And then like, as Joran is leaving, the 
the Guyame says something about like them Juran being lonely, kind of. Yeah. And it has like a little implication that he is lonely as well. Yeah. And then Joran leaves? Yeah. I know. I know that Joran later like is kind of is kind of doting on on it a little bit. Yeah. But if if I'm there <laughs> and this little interaction happens, I'm hanging out. Yeah, for you a while. don't leave. I'm having a deep talk. Yeah. I'm having a deep talk <laughs> with my new buddy and I'm learning all about what's going on with these guys. Yes. Yes, you ask them about themselves a little bit. Like, hey, tell me about your childhood. Tell me about growing up as a weird bird thing. Why do you keep shaving all your feathers what's up off? With, also, what's up with controlling the wind? How do you do that? Do you like it? <laughs> what do you eat? Do you poop ever? Are you When you go to one of these wind spires, is it like, is it fun? Is it nice? Could you fly if you use the wind in the right way? Oh, that's a big one. Could you make me fly? Oh. See? All of these. Come on, what are we doing? I'm so with you. And actually, I I think this weird bird creature is my favorite character. <laughs> oh, I for think sure. they're my Easy. favorite character by far. <laughs> Just in this section, of course. just in this section, they went from like weird sort of angry bird thing to like, I would die for this bird thing. I would. When he asks for dust and then John brings it and he's like, that's the wrong dust. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. hundred percent. I'm in. I'm in. And. Oh, tell me about this dust. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And smells like the desert? Mm hmm. Got a little heat? Oh. He's throwing off heat. <laughs> What's up with that? Hey, okay. <laughs> Making a nest. What's going on with the nest? Like, oh, <laughs> you stitched up your clothes because you didn't like to look terrible? Huh. Tell me more about your drip. What's. Would love to hear about your style preferences. Also, this comes later, so he couldn't ask about it at the time. But, like, the this guy and the sea dragon that we see later on have, like, pretty similar vibes. What's going on with that? What Are, are you guys brothers? <laughs> Is this what happens if you go in the water? Is this why we're not supposed to get you wet? I want to know more. Yeah, best character. Uh, can't wait to hear more about this guy, this fun guy. Mm -hmm. uh, also, mm -hmm. Joron is so convinced it's dead. This is a magical wind wizard, Joron. And you're like, oh, it's not breathing, so it's got to be dead. I'm going to throw it overboard because it's dead. Don't. Why? What's wrong with you? You don't know. <laughs> this is your buddy. There's no clue. A close friend. Also, man, I, uh, here's a note that I I didn't have at the time, but like Lucky Meese is a, is a very bad captain during fights. Mm, okay. Okay. How so? And here's why. Yeah. They get in this fight um, with I think it's like f uh, I mean I think there's a lot of little boats. Yeah. But like. 
it's pretty clear that they don't pose a significant threat. I mean, for one thing, like she leaves the other two boats behind just so that she can once again build morale. Um, but she's like making our friend the Guyame throw wind left and right, yeah. all willy nilly. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I know that he's super powerful, but like we know that this hurts him and he can only do so much. Yeah. So like, why are you every 10 seconds being like, give us win this way, give us win that way, if like you don't actually need it? This is such a good point, too, because she knows how much more powerful her ship is than these little ships. Because mm-hmm. she's been on a big ship and she's done big ship combat and she has told us, hey, this this bird, this windbird guy is so much more powerful than any other windbird I've ever dealt with. So she's not used to having like the power of the wind at her command. She's used to being able right. to be like, I need a gust now. And that, that being like it until they get to a windspire. Right. So... You can do this fight without destroying the most lovable character on board. <laughs> I know. I know. Also, like, this mission is going to be nearly impossible. And, like, pretty much you've kind of implied the whole reason that you think it's even marginally possible is because our bird friend is super powerful. So, like, why are you wasting all of his wind stuff on this little fight? I don't know. I I don't like it. No. I think she's I think she's bad at this at this part of her job. Yeah. I I think you're right and I think part of this goes back to the fact that she's called Lucky Mees because mm. mm-hmm. she's not called Skilled Mees or conf, or like Smart <laughs> Mees or like Wise Mees or Good Good Captain Mees. She's called Lucky Mees. <laughs> Right, right. And, and we also, to, to follow up on this, we didn't really talk about their, like, very unsuccessful fight in the first section of this, which mm-hmm. we got some comments on the Discord about. But sh- the same thing is, is true of that one, where she really, I, I think, doesn't do a great job. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Are we saying bold and brave or big and dumb for the raiders trying to attack the sea dragon? I'm going to say dumb. I think there's no world where this is a good call. What? Totally totally <laughs> agree. In, like over in general, actually, what are raiders doing? <laughs> what are you guys doing? Like wh- like you're asking, is there like a central organization or are these just pirates? Like, is that what your question is? Why are you raiders? <laughs> because like, like <laughs> they can, they cannot even come close to competing against like bone ships. Yeah. Right. And like, even when they, when we see them like come on board and fight, they're just getting swept away. Yeah. By our crew, who's, like, not even good. Uh-huh. I just, I just, I... I think... I don't know. I mean, I do I do realize that there's, like, a limited number of bone ships, obviously. And so you can't just, like, get on a bone ship. But they're not, they're not good at it, is all I have, is, is I think the main point. Luke, you wicked can just get on a bone ship. 
all you have to do is do a bad crime and look somewhat competent when they're looking for people to get on the bone ship. Right. You just have to admit right. to being a raider and be like, and I also have a lot of ship experience. How about those black ships? Huh? Throw me on one of those. <laughs> this is true. It's true. <laughs> Even just pad your resume a little bit. They're taking anybody. Being a honestly. raider is the unpaid internship of this world where you're like trying to get experience to show up on a bone ship somewhere. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. And and to bring it around, they took on more than they could chew mm-hmm. when they attacked the sea dragon. Like, no way. No uh, way, you guys. <laughs> You know this isn't going to happen, right? Like, you have to know. <laughs> even, I, I would think so. Even yeah. if you didn't have, like, an oral history that talked about how hard it was to kill these things, let's just think about the physics of it. You can see this thing you're attacking. There's, right. there's no way. You've got little spears. You've got little spears and, like, a reed boat. Like, you're not... Go get help is what you need to do. Mm -hmm. You need to sell the information of where this is, not go like try and kill it yourself. It's not going to happen, guys. It's not. Maybe it's an audition. They're like, I know that bone ships are going to come here. (laughs) And normally bone ships are going to try to kill them, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe they're like, if I throw off some cool moves, they'll take me on okay this is like their audition tape yeah yeah okay hmm i take it back (laughs) i think this is a bold move great great stuff okay we're going bold and brave bold and brave go it's the motto um okay um so i think that's all i have before we get to the last section Mm -hmm. which is coming up on the new island yes where our raiders have these two big bows that they're gonna attack the mm-hmm. sea dragon with right well yes yes and the they're up in these in these towers and there's the wind spire as well mm-hmm. i've got a, i've got a question for you luke about this whole situation okay. so these raiders occupy these two islands or like this island and this side that is like the spire. And mm-hmm. Lucky Mies is like, we got to take it out to let the dragon pass by. And we're going to do it with one ship that's like somewhat like moderately armed. We're going to sneak in there and take it out. These raiders have been extracting tolls from ships going through for like a while now, right? I yes, I assume so. And the explanation is like as long as they don't take too much, nobody really bothers them. Mm-hmm. The only reason they can do this is that the bows are there, right? These huge crossbows that can destroy a ship are there. Right. Why aren't you destroying these? Why are you letting them have these like big weapons? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I assume it's just like a lack of like cohesive government they've cost us millions of dollars luke why not why aren't they like trading the merchants banding together and be like we gotta get rid of this this poll to this tax over here this toll road yeah 
because they're not providing any benefit, right? There's no reason to keep them there. It's not like they're guarding against other things, too. They're just taking money from ships going through. So the merchants, I feel like the merchants are going to get together and be like, this is going to save us so much if we just destroy those boats. <laughs> right, right. And I mean, they do say about how hard it is to get to the tower. But like, that, that I mean, you guys came up with a plan and like, Obviously, we haven't seen if it works or not yet, yeah. but, like, a viable plan with one ship. Yeah. A portion of your ship, even, actually. Yeah. Um, maybe they're just asking for so... They've baked this in, actually, to their pricing, and they're like, $10. <laughs> <laughs> These ships are, like, throwing their loose change into a bowl as they go past to be like all right fine right <laughs> mm. right i mean yeah okay okay i guess that makes sense to me but uh or like take- they've got they've got a pricing algorithm that they're working on it's constantly being updated with more data that's right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay all right and there's one ship. There's one ship that they really, they really get it, stick it to. They're charging one ship like 80 grand to go through and everybody else, it's like a nickel. Right. Right. She's like, guys, help me. And they're like, eh, it's fine. <laughs> it's good. It's, this is the one thing. The bandits that we've seen so far, very bad at combat, but good business strategy, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. That's their strength. Yeah. Yeah. Seems right um but okay but so we so we get onto the island and honestly because because we haven't gotten to the culmination here i don't have a ton of notes um i do think we see do we see the little uh weird creature thing horrific horrific animals on this island horrific plants and animals what's going on with you guys the three the weird three-legged monster thing yeah, that Lucky Mies yeah. is like terrified to even attract its its attention for a second. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, it seems awful. This island, like, if this is what all islands are looking like, that are not like completely terraformed, no, no, sir. This... I'm walking on the beach and like. Everything can kill me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is why that guy, like, agreed to be on the black ship, right? Is because yeah. anywhere he would go to run, it would either be they'll find you because there's a town there, or I don't want to get eaten by one of these weird plants that swallows people. <laughs> like, that sounds worse to me. That's That sounds terrible. All the wildlife's terrible. Mm-hmm. There's little stinging nettles, which, like, if you only get hit by one of them, it just hurts really bad. But if you get hit by all of them, you're dead. It's risky. It's risky out here. It's... Man. Yeah. Ugh. We're paving the beaches. <laughs> Every beach is getting paved. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, worth it, honestly. I agree. I agree. 
There's like two beaches um, that you can keep. You guys get to keep two beaches. The rest, put up a parking lot. <laughs> we love a parking lot, famously. Yeah. Um, but, okay, well... Luke, the last thing that I want to talk about is... It has to do with some of the raw materials that we're working with in this world. Okay. Everybody's wearing fish skin clothing, right? Mm-hmm. Gotta be uncomfortable. I I assume so, yeah. And part of the reason they're all wearing fish skin is, like, there's no big mammals. Like, there's no cows or goats or anything around. It's just, like, fish and people, Luke. <sighs> oh, no. Okay. I mean, somebody had to have tried it, right? I mean, it seems to fit in, honestly. Yeah. Pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> with the vibe. I assume that, like, there's some, there's some, like, high-level, like, group. Like, because there's the kept, and then there's the, like, yeah. I forget what, is it burn, the, the women? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's got to be some other one, like, maybe the priests or something, got to be wearing human skin. For sure. I mean, just for comfort, like, alone. Ignoring the I mean, we do the hear look. the... That's right. The kept are oiling their, oiling their skin up all the time. Oh, you're saying they're primed and ready. I think, they're, I think this might be part of the reason. Obviously, they're looking good. Mm-hmm. But I think a secondary reason of, of keeping their skin oiled up is... This is what we've identified here. For the for the potentially thriving human textile industry. That's right. Oh. No, they're oiling their little boys. They're oiling their boys that they're going to get rid of. They're not doing it for themselves, Luke. Mm. Yes, this is true. They're they're getting those boys who have who've gotten someone pregnant and they're like, "Come on, boy, I'll train you in the ways. Put this oil on your skin. Put the lotion on your skin, boy." <laughs> <laughs> they d- <laughs> they train them but it, it, and they act like they're like showing them around but they're really just just training them until they can like you know get their get their skin back up to get their acne under control they're like hey you should really stretch more hey do you think about doing some stretches <laughs> that's right it's pretty good we need um, you to eat a lot i'd yeah. like a lot of surface area on this boy Oh man. Yikes. I mean, not even not one of the worst things that we've seen, honestly. <laughs> Luke, it's uh it's a tough world out there and That's right. I mean, you got to use all parts of the animal, right, guys? Mm. Sure, yeah. So Especially in these lean times. Mhm. That's why we're endorsing it. <laughs> Luke, the other option is fish scales all the time. I feel like everybody's got to at least be thinking about it. It's uncomfortable. That's right. It's scratchy. It's very it's bad. It's not good. Because, they, Luke, they also don't have... We've yet to hear about any kind of, like, plant-based textile. Like, they don't have cotton. It's all fish scales. What are their sheets made of? 
<laughs> what is on our bed? I I feel like we. <laughs> mm. There's got to be a lot of human hair, gross stuff going on too. Oh. <laughs> Wait a minute, though. How come this isn't a thing? Like in our weird, messed up Mad Max sort of vibe that we're going for. How do we not have like hair grower guys that are just like, yeah, we mm-hmm. harvest the hair from these people and weave it into comfortable clothing and bedding. <laughs> um, actually, okay. We keep getting, we keep adding things onto this, but so they have some kind of control over the, over our uh, bird guys, the Guillaume, right? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, somebody's got feather beds. <laughs> oh no! Right? You're saying this is where all their feathers go? Yeah. Oh boy. Oh no, Luke. Is this is this the only reason they've enslaved them? Like the wind thing is a side effect, but the main reason is like I want those feathers. I don't care what the cost <laughs> is. I think so. <laughs> I mean, granted, there are birds in this world but oh yeah i this, forgot about I, that feels better <laughs> they're hard to catch though <laughs> they're tough it's way easier to do this mm. it's bad point is it's bad out there um yeah and and yeah looking for this sea dragon to show us a new way of life take us down to atlantis to the sea hag i guess maybe it's the only thing that's down there luke the sea That's hag right. and their weird bonfire. Bonefire? Sorry, bonefire. It's nice, though. It's not. But it's nicer than up here, I guess. <laughs> oh, anyway, Luke. Um, what do you think the odds that they actually saved this dragon? Oh, very low. Very low. What do you think the odds that our, that our buddy Joron psychically links to the dragon and they go on fun adventures together? Mm, very high that sounds awesome mm-hmm. can't wait for that uh i'm sure we'll see it i'm sure we'll see it next week <laughs> you know that's right <laughs> book, book two is jerron and the sea dragon and our bird friend going on adventures together that's cool uh yeah we can't wait we can't wait for that in the meantime we'll be bringing hot takes and being dumb nerds. <laughs>